My name is Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I've spent the last 17 years of my career in schools as a teacher and principal. I started the Dissect Ed podcast to help you by using my strengths of connecting and relating to bring amazing guests to you each week. We will cover a wide range of topics related to all aspects of and roles in education. My goal? For you to enjoy and feel successful in your role so we keep amazing teachers and leaders in schools. Thank you for all you do. Take care and enjoy. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We are a day late. Sorry for that. I am really happy for today's episode because we are hearing from Don Brightman, who is a thought leader and practitioner in leadership, and he exudes joy. And we definitely need some joy and happiness in our week. If you are in education, you are going through it right now, no matter what level you are at, teacher, paraprofessional, principal, district leader, you are going through it. So let's all listen to what Dom has to say about how we can go from crappy to happy in our days, how to take care of each other, how to look out for those who work for us, how to build a really strong culture, um, and most importantly, not gratitude journals, but victory journals. Let's track those victories, friends. Without further ado, here's Dom. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dissect Ed podcast. I am so excited today to have Don Brightman with us. Um, I, You'll know by the end of this episode exactly why I reached out to Dom and said, I need to have you on the podcast and I need to have you on for season two. I'm going to let Dom introduce himself and then we're going to get right into the episode. So Dom, welcome and thank you so much for taking time out of your own podcasting life. You're an author, all the things that you do. Thank you for making time uh, for us here. Uh, Well, thank you, Dr. Mikhail. Appreciate you for having me on. That's right, the Dissector Podcast, indeed, where we get to raise some worms and dissect some frogs. It's a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all that, but that's cool. No, just kidding. Come on, I, I know at least one person thought about yes, that when he of course. that show title. I'm sure probably most people, actually. <laughs> it's like, all right, I get the teacher part, but they haven't talked about raising worms yeah. yet. Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> you got to die. But yeah, uh, yours truly, Mr. Dominic Dom Brightman, hailing from the Great city of charm, crime, and crab cakes, Baltimore, Maryland, graduate of Pun State University, took over 99 <laughs> classes, five credits each about corny jokes, puns, and of course, misdirection for laughs yes. and giggles. And well, may, well, maybe not the Pun State part, but definitely the laughs and giggles part. Yeah, I'm all about that indeed. So, you know, got to keep the puns on the bun. Great. Got to keep the puns on a bun indeed. And um, <laughs> <laughs> this is great because you know what? Right now, Probably what we need most is laughter and education. Like, honestly, we need laughter and joy and happiness. So that's, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, <laughs> you, um, 
you host your own podcast. Obviously, you're pretty humble because you didn't mention that in your intro, but I will. Uh, and I will certainly get into that too in the pre-episode intro. Um, and you, and, and the, the books that you've authored are uh, really interesting to me. There are other things that you talk about, though, that I think are really like the most applicable to the season of the podcast. And I would love actually to start with um, the thing that caught my eye the most. And I think it's because it's something that I say all the time, probably using different words. And I'd love to hear what, what you mean by it. So you write that you believe um, that we should advance. It's like your mantra, advance others to advance yourself. What do you mean by that? What informs that belief and why should we lead this way? Ah, great question. Back in, wow, I believe that was 2015. There's a particular book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. And there's a particular chapter called The Advancing Man. I believe it's like chapter seven or eight where the man or woman goes into a place of business seeking to help other people because that'll help their business as a result, because everyone loves a cheerful, helpful spirit that'll help them outreach their goals. And on top of that, one of the legendary motivational speakers, Zig Ziglar, had a powerful quote. If you help enough people get what they want, you'll eventually get what you want. And when that quote popped in my head while I was reading that chapter. I realized, wait, combining those two philosophies, it's like, oh, advance others to advance yourself. And that's really where that came from. And I looked at that in my own life and I applied it in my own life as to come from a place of service when I go out into different places and helping other people, especially being an introvert. Well, actually, mm. being an ambivert, let's go with that because the thing is, like, I recharge by having alone time, but I can still be a social butterfly that can be a little overpowering or an overbearing for the true introverts who like to be shy on top of recharging <laughs> my being by themselves from time to time. So that's really where it came from. And in this day and age, we're going to need that now more than ever because with the world being crazy, like the inflation, like the, and of course with your wonderful audience of teachers and administrators and leaders, like leadership is hard. Always, always to be honest like it's always going to be hard like whether especially volunteer leadership which is well, a lot of my experience came <laughs> from because with employees well they have to get paid so it's like all right we got to follow you because i kind of want to eat and actually take care of my family volunteer leadership it's like <laughs> forget you buddy i'm out <laughs> if they don't like what's going on so really just focusing on what you can do to be the best person that you can be to help others. And one of the best ways to become the best leader to help your people and yourself is by bettering yourself. And that's really why I'm all about self-leadership, helping yourself to help other people, because you can't really pour from an empty cup. You can't draw water from an empty well. You're just going to get a bunch of dirt out of the darn well. So you have to really make sure that as you're advancing and you're advancing others, you have to also make sure you keep some gas in your tank, some water in your cup, some tea in your cup. So that way folks don't get the wonderful dirt because we're not all trying to plant flowers here. <laughs> um, so you hit on two things that I think are, uh, are really powerful. So of course, like we've talked, we talked a lot on season one about the importance of recharging um, and what, 
teachers especially, but leaders could do to make sure that their batteries are as full as possible, uh, fully charged, their cups full. Um, and we had a, a great response to those episodes. And, and a lot of that, we broke it down into like, hey, if you've got five, if you can make five minutes for yourself, what can you do? What's the best use of those five minutes for yourself to recharge? Um, because sometimes it feels like that's all you can squeeze out in a day. Um, and so if you can, what can you do with that? The other thing is um, it, it, we got to a point where um, people started to say, okay, like I am doing the best I can and I need help. Um, but they didn't really say it in that way. It's come across everywhere, social media, directly, you know, as uh, in response to, um, you know, certain, well, well, directly when I interview people. Uh, especially teachers, like we can't do this alone. It can't be on us to do this. We need help from, uh, like, we need true change. So I'm like, yes, I hear you. So that's where also I think what you said and your mantra around advancing others to advance yourself. Um, the way I I look at it as a as a leader is um, when you help the people that you're leading become the best versions of themselves. And when I say that, everybody has a different thing they're looking to do, right? Some are looking to, some are, might be teaching assistants who are looking to become a teacher and they, they want to go back to school, but they don't know how to make that work while they're working. They have to work to get the paycheck, but they want to advance and they, they don't know where to go. To me, it's actually taking the time to help them look for the programs, find out what they want to do. How can I support you with either the connections I have, the knowledge I have of going through those programs to help you advance yourself, even if that means that someday you're going to have to leave us. Um, I hope it means that you get to come back and teach with us. But if that means it takes you away <laughs> from here for a little bit, then that I've done my job in helping you advance yourself. Um, maybe it's a teacher who eventually wants to become um, a leader of the department, right? And you know that they currently like don't necessarily have the experience, but you know that you can get them a couple of experiences to uh, set them up to be successful in that role. That's what you do. Um, for me as a leader, that was the the best or, or a kid who um, doesn't even know their own strengths. Right. And you help them see what mm -hmm. they're capable of doing. And when they realize it or see it and they say, I didn't know I could do that. Those are the most powerful. That's what fills my cup. <laughs> that would, those would be the things that would fill. And then um, like you uh, alone time, but um you know, as a leader. So that's where you say advance others to advance yourself. I think that a, a key leadership practice is, um, you know, we're not in it for ourselves. We're in it for others, but it doesn't mean that we have to, we are always tired, but helping others achieve what they want to achieve and not just giving lip service to it, but really connecting them with the resources and really taking the time to learn about each of your uh, faculty members and staff members and and see what they'd like to do. Um, maybe it's start a second job and they're not quite sure how to navigate that. Listen to them and help them. Um, never mind that it's just the right thing to do, but also the return on that time investment is going to be tenfold because the, they, that's how they know you care <laughs> if you do that. So Amen to that. Um, I wanted to start there with that question because uh, we are talking a lot about leadership and effective leadership, the leadership that's needed, especially in this time right now. Um, and so I wanted to start there. I also, though, would like to talk about the golden rule. I So you say it still applies. And that really caught my attention because I believe 
that it's actually, I said a key aspect. I might say it's the key aspect of effective leadership. Can you talk more about that and why you say the golden rule still applies? Oh, yeah, it still applies. Definitely, definitely still applies. It's still shiny, too. I mean, especially. That's what you said. It's still shiny. I I misspoke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said it's still shiny. I'm sorry. (laughs) Look at me. Boring me. It still applies. It's shiny. Well, you got to give them those word pictures, you know, get their brains thinking and cooking. You know, it's like, hey, we can't be in the wonderful boiling pot. We have to be in the air fryer sometimes, you know, that's just the way it is. I need one of those, by the way. There we go. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's definitely still shiny. Definitely still shiny. Indeed. One of the main reasons why is because, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Like one of the major things that sometimes pops up every now and then on my social media feed is that usually respect is given. If you give it yourself, folks always are going to give back to you what you give to them. Like if you're rude, to me, I'm not going to be rude to you at first, but I'm most likely going to find the quickest way out the door. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. a different thing mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to fighting back and forth with you because that gets us nowhere. But if we're both helping each other out, if we're both coming from a place of service, both figuring out ways to be doing what is best for each other, heck, even the powerful example you mentioned of just administration helping out teacher assistants with navigating what it is to be a full-time teacher and heck even getting a part-time job and starting your own side hustle to make ends meet while the school year is not happening or while you're going to school itself just things like that and one of the most beautiful things is that that invokes the law of reciprocity which is a beautiful thing because even though we don't want to admit it we will always want to scratch somebody's back who scratches our back we always are going to remember that one time that someone actually helped us out with something. If they helped us out with like creating lesson plans that we started off learning as a teacher's mm-hmm. assistant, or even heck, even remember one time when I was going for a, per, a library promotion where my manager actually hooked me up with different people that I can call and talk to who got promoted from part-time to full-time to see how that transition was. And then as I wanted to go into managing, I talked to some other folks that she connected me with to be able to get an idea of what it is and and get some wisdom and help me to realize that, hey, it's day and night. (laughs) A solo contributor, that's fabulous. You do your work, you go home. Managing people, babysitting from freaking 7 15 a.m to like 7 47 p.m yes, you don't yes. get the nine to five you don't get the 8 30 to five with the commute so that's what the golden rule is really all about just really treating others and seeing people as precious and valuable because we all are precious and valuable no matter what anyone says like there's it's kind of like the word value that I kind of have a love hate relationship when it comes to those in the entrepreneurial space. Some folks may want to say, I want to add value to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, they're already valuable indeed. Mm-hmm. What can I share that will help them unlock that value? So the thing is, folks already have the potential. They already have the gems within themselves. They have the gift that's waiting to be unwrapped. Or if it's already unwrapped, like, what? okay, what, what can we find in your box there? to give to the world so really that's what it's really all about realizing that every single person is precious that they have value already they have gifts already and when you treat them as such see them as a 10 out of 10 as opposed to a 1 out of 10 
is definitely what it's really all about. Uh, yes. And I'm taking pause right now only because, I mean, didn't, sometimes I want to say to people, um, hey, did you skip kindergarten? Like, did, were you, were you absent for that? Were you absent for that lesson? Like, did you miss first grade and also preschool too? Because <laughs> like we were, that's, and, and you know, treat others as you want to be treated, whether you call it the golden rule or not, that is a lesson that we all are, ta are taught whether or not we learn it, I guess is a different or apply it. I guess is a different story, but I, for the life of me, it's very difficult for me to understand anybody. This goes from teacher all the way to the highest level of leadership who doesn't, tr who doesn't treat somebody the way they would want to be treated, or let's just say they treat somebody poorly. And I want to say back to them, would you want some, what if somebody spoke to you that way? Is that how you would want to be treated? And I, you know, especially, I think it was as a teacher that didn't come up for me because I was like in my own little teacher world of happiness. I was just loving life for, from 2005 to 2012. I just was a happy little camper. I was with my students, you know, I, it, it was just love all the time. Um, maybe a couple challenging years uh, in a different setting, but like, it was love all the time. It's just love. You know, it's still love. Years later, I, you know, I get contacted. Oh, hey, like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Or how are you doing? That was always just love. Once I got in, like you said, the transition from being a solo contributor, because that's kind of like you're a part of a team, but you're a solo contributor, to, uh, to becoming a, a principal where you're a leader and a manager. And, real, and all of a sudden, it gets so complex. I couldn't believe a sometimes the way people were treating each other um that blew my mind the mediation between staff staff members but also um to see to work with other teachers now especially um and see how their leaders were treating them it was really challenging for me to know that was happening um and right now just to know what it's like in schools, because it's hard if you talk to anybody who's there, um, whether they're, and it doesn't matter what level they're at, if they're, you know, at building leadership level, if they're a staff member, if they are a teacher, it is really hard. And I don't know that um, people who are not, maybe not treating them with the respect that they really <laughs> have earned and deserve right now, or the appreciation it's, I kind of want to say the same thing, like, hey, don't you want to be treated with the, the same respect? So the least we could do is listen. Listen and, and, and work with, right, teachers to see what can we do. There are some things we can't, let's be honest, but what can we do to make, uh, to make it better? Um, because right now, it doesn't seem like that's happening wide, widespread. It is happening in pockets. Um, and I'm talking to folks who are doing that. But yeah, the golden rule applies. No, the golden rule is shiny. Still shiny. 
still shiny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shiny like all the Heinies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. <laughs> um. You know, it's still PG. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Of course, of course. Oh, please spend some time in the classroom, and you'll hear lots of stuff. That you're like, "Ooh, I don't know." Um, but <laughs> certainly, lots of laughs to be had. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, every day. Um, you are a contributing author to a book called "From Crappy to Happy." Um, and when I when I saw that, I said, that sounds exactly like the transformation that educators need. And when I to qualify, um, I mean that the way they feel, not how they teach. <laughs> um, so I started teaching um, 17 years ago and um, there like, I absolutely loved every I loved it. I, I had fun. Um, my heart was full. I was motivated. I mean, everything about it, I loved. Um, and too many incredible teachers that I know who either I started teaching with, or they started teaching a little bit after me, who loved teaching have actually said to me um, recently, it's not fun anymore. It's not like it used to be. Um, they don't find joy in it anymore. And that they're thinking about leaving the profession, which, I mean, it breaks my heart to hear that. Um, like when I say like leave like leaving education altogether, which is not something that teachers typically do because our certifications are so specific, um, we can't lose them. Like we can't lose them. So how can they go from crappy to happy? A and then B. What role? I know. I know that's more of like a self um, guided journey. Like the, you, when you contributed from cra- crappy to happy. But what role do you think leaders can also play in that transformation in supporting teachers in going from crappy to happy? So how do they do that? And then what role do leaders play in that transformation? Yep, sure thing. Powerful question indeed. So for those who have uh, lost their lust or lost their fire a bit, yeah, like reconnect with your why. Reconnect with your why. Like why did you start teaching in the first place? What did you like most about your job? Why is it now that you're going through the motions? Is it because of everything on the outside world? Is something going on in your personal life? Because I, because I can speak to that indeed. Because the thing is, no matter how good we are putting on these wonderful masks yes. that we tend to wear every now and yes. then, of trying to hide the whatever's going on in the personal life to make sure it's not going on in the professional life, it's going to happen regardless. It's going to seep in. Mm-hmm. And for those who have great leaders and great managers and as an administrators they're going to notice if they actually truly care about you so reconnect with your why reconnect with why you wanted to teach in the first place and then spice it up a bit if there's something that you've been doing like a certain lesson the teaching style that you've been doing for years and years find a way to spice it up find a way to reinvent yourself because reinvention is one of the major things that elite performers do is that if like hey i like like there's all these wonderful things that may pop up on social media, like one teacher in particular, she'd have a super special handshake for every student that would come to her class. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, wow, yeah. That's I love freaking that awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, dude, how much memory that is? And yeah. And kids yeah. ain't going to forget. <laughs> so it's like on the day when you're not feeling it and you miss one freaking hand gesture or something, they're going to be like, oh, come on, Miss Johnson. Why? No, yeah. you ruined my dreams. No. 
<laughs> so just reconnecting with your why, why you started teaching in the first place, what you like about it, and then get within yourself and then heck even journaling about it as well and reconnecting with that and trying to spice it up a bit, adding more fun to it, finding ways to add more fun to it. Like with my, myself, like with things that I do, funny enough, I still have a day job myself as a librarian where for years on end, like I find ways to keep life interesting for myself. I always reinvented myself. I became more of myself coming out of my shell, even telling corny jokes to staff and customers all day long, not giving a care what the response is. If they don't laugh, I'm freaking funny. I'm still going to freaking laugh because I'm freaking hilarious. Yeah, right. and, that's, and just finding things and finding ways to reconnect with yourself. And for those in leadership, if you have a staff member, a teacher that's really looking to get their fire ignited again, not only don't try to motivate them right then and there and try to motivate them, like see what they want. This kind of goes back to the listening piece, which Dr. Michaela mentioned earlier, like, hey, listening is one of the greatest tools. Like a listening ear is one of the greatest tools of a listener. Like it, like it could be just like a dog barking. Like, hey, if you want to pay attention to the puppy barking, like that's not going to help the situation here. You got to actually make sure that you're listening in on what's going on, seeing where they at, see what they need, and then trying to go back in time a bit and try to remember where you were at one time because I'm pretty darn sure you don't go straight to administration as a teacher or as a principal. You have to at least have some teaching experience first and recon reconnecting with your days would help you to get through that and then support your staff the best way that you can because leaders, one of the best things that a leader can do is to equip their people to be their best. Like, some, like if they need to go to a workshop, if they need some time off if possible like trying to make some accommodations for them because if you have an all-star team then you need to take care of them and they'll make you look better as a result because you'll probably get less complaints and less complaints mean it's a happier freaking life it's like oh i don't have to put out a fire today oh thank god it's a miracle so let me enjoy it while it lasts yeah like so simple right and it's funny, it wouldn't be a dissected podcast episode without my crazy dogs. Um, they were sound asleep about two minutes ago, and now they're not. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> what you um, what you said about what teachers can do really, it, it that struck me for a second. Because, you know, one thing I think that probably helped me enjoy the role because I actually, I, I was back in the classroom last year um, and for a part of this year. Um, and I did that intentionally. I left being a principal um, because that, I mean, it, I spent eight years trying to find enough joy in that role to keep me there. I say joy, but that's just, that's a broad term. Um, and the 10% that I would that gave me joy wasn't enough <laughs> to accomplish. It was for a while, right? But that ninety percent that it 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 won over, won over. Um, it won, and so I thought, okay, well, I mean, the parts that I love are supporting teachers and supporting kids. Like those are the two things that I love the most. So there must be like there's got to be another way. And I was missing kids so much. So, um, I said, okay, well, I'm, I know I'm not going to be a principal because I've intentionally decided early on to leave that role, um, at the end of the year. So what's next? 
And I just kept wanting to be back with kids. So I went back last year into the classroom uh, as a special ed teacher again. And I mean, I can say I absolutely loved it. Uh, Well, last year was hard to love with uh, buildings without kids are depressing places. Mm -hmm. So schools need kids. They're the life of the school. Um, And so there are too many days without students. And that was sad and depressing. But I will say this year started off incredible because the kids were back. Also incredibly challenging um, for a lot of my colleagues. I was just having fun. <laughs> um, I, I find just so much joy in, in kids. They, they crack me up. I love helping them. Um, but I also, I'm in a, I was in a position that doesn't have a lot of scrutiny, right? So, and I think also, like, I don't care about it. I, I think the scrutiny as a teacher doesn't bother me. Um, cause I know what I, I know what I have and I know what I do. And my why is not to please my administrator who oh, I had an amazing administrator, but my, my why isn't so I can please the district folk who might come through the building. Like you can come in, you're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You might see an ugly day. <laughs> um, and you might see the best thing you've ever seen. Um, you're going to see me try doing my best and you're going to see the kids doing their best. And, uh, so I think that that's one thing just listening to what you said that teachers listening right now, like, I think you got to get back to that. And it's hard because it seems like there's just so much more pressure now than there used to be. Like, I think that's, I, I've asked a couple of people, what do they mean by teaching is not the same as it used to be? I know what they're getting at and it's, there's a lot more pressure and there's uh, more scrutiny on us. Who cares? Who cares? Just get back to what it was that was working for you. Just like you said, that, that really struck me what you said. Um, get back to doing what you love to do. And if, and if part of it is because, you know, kids are, you know, behaving a little differently lately or these days, like, yeah, they are. Cause the world has gotten tough. If, if, I mean, we all feel differently and are showing up differently in our lives, whether it's personal or professional, we all are. And we are, you know, we've got fully developed brains. So kids, teenagers, you know, they're navigating this world um, the best they can. So like, if you have that in mind and know that we're doing the best we can, they're, they're doing the best they can. Let's get back to having fun teaching. Who cares what somebody says? Who cares what evaluation score you get? Unless you don't harm kids. But like, if you get a three versus a four, who cares? It's not going to impact your employment. Nobody does anything with those scores anyway. I don't even know why we still do it, to be honest. Um, but, you know, just I think we have to start to say like, hey, that's not why I started teaching. So finding our why. And I think for what you said about leadership, just to um, just to put a pin on that. it's You're right. It's the same principle. You need to, no pun intended, um, you need no to uh, all right. <laughs> I'll intend it. Um, I talk about leaders. There's a lot of books on like how to lead with empathy. <laughs> I am just an empathetic person that can sometimes actually cause me some pain, but um, you got to notice when your staff members aren't okay. <laughs> like when somebody's showing up differently, you got to notice that. And fi- figure out a way to ask, see if they're okay and see what's going on. You know, probably going up to them during their class and being like, are you okay? <laughs> Not going to be the right time to do it, right? Well, you laugh, and we laugh, but like, that's how some people would do it. <laughs> that not, not, not yeah. a good time. Not a good time. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but you know, just reaching out and saying, Hey, like, I, you know, I, I wanted to check in real quick. Like, do you, um, so I wanted to check on and you see how things are going. Like, can we chat for a little bit? Tell me when's a good time for you. Um, that means a lot to people, but you have to be able to notice. So you have to know your people. Um, and you got to know, and if you, and if you're new to a building, which happens all the time, you've got to find the person who knows the people <laughs> and find, no, but there's always going to be somebody there who knows people really well and can tell you, you could say, Hey, anybody I should be checking in with. Um, and they'll tell you, yeah, you know what? I noticed, you know, Mr. Thompson, he's not really looking like himself. I know some things are going on. Um, he's never going to tell you, he's never going to come to you. He's a very private person and wants to just handle it on his own. But like, I think that'd be really helpful if you could just like find a reason to have a conversation with him and maybe just ask him like, Hey, how are things going? Like, what can I do to support you? So that's how we can go from crappy to happy. Sounds pretty simple to me. Teachers block it all out and do what you do. And leaders know your people and notice when things don't seem okay. How's that sound? How's that sound to you, Dom? Hey, it sounds great to me. Heck, even another thing, as you were mentioning yep. it, um, weekly meetings, if you can schedule them, like weekly meetings, like weekly, I don't know, 10, 15 minute meetings with your staff will definitely be great. Like one-on-one just to check up in on them, mm-hmm. like just set the tone and make them sure like, Hey, you're not in trouble or anything. Just yeah, check yeah, in yeah. and see how you're doing mm-hmm. and just making sure that, cause that, that can definitely help indeed. And if there's a week where they're like, Hey, we don't need to talk about anything today, then you can just put off the meeting, whatever. Cause that's the other thing too. You don't want to have too many <laughs> meetings that talk about nothing that right. could have been in an email. But at the same time, if you want to have those weekly or quarterly or whatever, those one-on-ones just to check in yes. with your staff, that'll definitely be helpful, especially keeping up with them. And heck, even doing, <laughs> and if you want, I'm not, even though it's kind of crazy in this quasi COVID it's like it's there, but it's not there. Doing what I call drive-by high fives for no reason. Oh, I love it. <laughs> just give people random high fives yeah. for no reason for encouragement and just saying hi and whatever. And just making sure you are actually with your staff, too, as opposed to, like, always in the office, always in meetings. That's the other drawback about ascending higher in the upper echelons is the fact that you – are stuck in more meetings as opposed to what got you there in the first place. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, You're right. And, and so for leaders too, cause I mean, they might be like, Hey, yeah, easy for you to say, you're not a principal anymore. You don't know what it's like. Um, Fair. I'm not a principal right now. And I actually said last year, like, I don't know how I have this timing. Like I had, did not know COVID was going to become a thing when I decided to step away from the role. Um, But I only had to lead from March through June, when the pandemic first started, I did not have to lead a school last year or this year. Um, and I, how lucky did I get? Because I know how much <laughs> more was added on to, nothing was taken away from the leader's plates, by the way, but everything was added on. Oh, by the way, now you do COVID tests. Oh, and by the way, you're also the contact mm-hmm. tracer. Like what? Um, so there, oh, and by the way, we're going to come do a walkthrough. Can you tell us about all your learning data? It's like, I'm contact tracing right now. I don't understand. Like what? Um, so, you know, there was a lot more added to leaders plates, but I don't know. I am going to go out there and say, just like we said to teachers, you know, like, remember why you got into the role and, um, and kind of say like, you know what, 
don't care. Um, leaders, give yourself permission to do that sometimes. Don't get yourself fired. Um, but I mean, you know, you got to you got to set, right. you know, your role and you know what you need to do and you know your people. So if you need to say no to something, don't say no to COVID testing. That's probably a bad idea. Don't say no to contact tracing. That's also probably a bad idea. But like, if there's a meeting you're supposed to go to and you're like, you know what? No, I, I know that there are people in my building who aren't well right now, or I have my scheduled, uh, this is my morning when I check in with like five of my teachers and I know they need it. I'm not going to that random meeting that you just popped on my schedule last night. I'm not going. Tell me after, because I have something that's really important that I need to do. And don't worry about it. Do what you know is right for your for your teachers, because nobody's going to protect your time the way that you are going to protect your time. Mm -hmm. And that's go same goes for teachers. I know it's easier said than done, but um, I mean, I operated that way. I was willing to get myself in trouble to do what was right. Um, probably a little too much, but uh, I was willing to get myself in, in trouble, you know, to or to really stand my ground. And if, if, as long as it was in the best interest of uh, my school, uh, my students and my teachers, I'd stand my ground and say, sorry, I can't make that. So um, <laughs> it's just what you got to do. Um, so I'd love to conclude with this question because you you wrote a book on sustainable success. Am I right? Oh yeah. All You're right. <laughs> I was wondering, you don't have to share everything because people should buy that book, but can you tell us some of the keys to sustainable success? Cause I think what right now, when we think about the last you know year and a half that we've had, and then in context of it's been challenging anyway over the past few years as a world, right, in a country. So it's not like all of a sudden, like things were great and then it was bad. Like it was challenging already. Then it got incredibly challenging. Um, but people who are, you know, I think mid-career, I would say, who are saying like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. What I'm hearing is I can't sustain this. It's not sustainable. It doesn't feel sustainable. This level of uh, exhaustion that I have or the burnout or the way I'm working right now isn't sustainable. So I need out. Can you share some of the keys to sustainable success? Yep, sure thing. Even got a magical acronym for you. And the main thesis of the book is that elite performance is all stemmed from self-awareness, being aware of yourself where you currently are. And thanks to self-awareness, it branches out into these five different areas. So if there's a teacher named Mitch that's listening to this podcast, or heck, even a person named Mitch, they'll freaking love it. Because that's what the acronym <laughs> spells out indeed. So Mitch will get all the pitches, y'all. That's all right. right. Even though not much of a baseball fan. But hey, <laughs> so if you got pen and paper, if you're not driving, we can call this a pen moment. All right. So the M in this acronym is for mental awareness. Mental awareness, being aware of your mind. The I is for influence awareness, being aware of the things that influences you. Like what you do when you're not on the clock teaching or leading, like the stuff that you do outside of work to keep yourself good, like the stuff that you listen to, the stuff that you watch, the stuff that you do on the daily, which keep around you, the friends, the acquaintances you have around you, influence awareness. Then the T is time awareness. 
The reason why it's time awareness is because we have to be aware of our time. We can't manage time because we all have the same amount of time. We just choose to let our attention go in different ways that we may see fit. So it's attention management opposed to time management. Then there's the C, which is connection awareness, connecting with those wonderful folks around you. Like earlier in the conversation, just getting around the right people to help you, especially with teachers, assistant teachers, like getting advice from those who've been down that road before, are connecting with people that will help connect you to a better future. And for those who have been in the game for a while, you're connected to people that can help remind you of how great you are and some things that you forget, because that's the other thing, too. When you do something for so long, you're in the weeds for so long, mm. you tend to forget how much stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. And heck, I've been tied in with this thumb to put it all together on this mighty Mitch hand here is habit awareness. Are your habits good enough to where it'll help you have a better future? One thing that I like to do. As opposed to gratitude journals, which are freaking fabulous, I do a victory log. So every victory I have, no matter how big or small, I count them every day. Woke up today, that's a victory because someone else didn't make it today. Connected with a new staff member, made a new friend today, that's a victory today. All my kids actually acted like little heavenly angels today. I didn't have to raise my voice. Like, that's a freaking victory. I know, that's a miracle right there. That's a freaking miracle. So, yeah, like if you do that for like 90 days and you go back and look through it, you'll have a wonderful journal, a book of proof of all the success that you've accomplished, like no matter how big or small. So if you do a gratitude journal, maybe try calling it a victory log because we all want to win and everybody loves a winner. And as teachers, you're building up future winners. And as administrators, you're helping your winners create the future winners and you yourself had to have to be a winner too because you wouldn't get there without doing some work yourself so have a victory log like log every single victory no matter how big or small so that's the marvelous acronym for you mitch for some keys for elite performers there's three more in the book i won't share them here but hey that's awesome audio too (laughs) (laughs) um no listen what you just said, I've never heard somebody say before, which is, um, I've heard like, I mean, yes, being aware of our habits, right? We talk about habits a lot. You just said, keep a victory journal and you put it not, I don't want to say an opposition, but you, it kind of juxtapose it with a gratitude journal. I'm going to go ahead and say, maybe this is a, this is a hot take. <laughs> um, but when I was really in it and I, and this is not as a te- this is what I, my experience with like, I can't do this anymore. Um, all of the negative self-talk limiting beliefs, everything that you could possibly have came to me when I was a principal. Um, and a lot of them were as a result of a, of something that actually happened while I was a principal to me. But even without that, I think I would have had a lot of the same, cha- a lot of the same challenges. I, when people used to mention gratitude journals, I would get so, I get angry. I was like mad. I'm like, (laughs) gratitude. I, how, I am such an angry person right now that I'm even now I'm angrier because you told me to write something down, three things I'm grateful for. And I actually, you know, I would, I was always on the hunt for like the the perfect planner that was going to help me feel better (laughs) or like the perfect like journal that was every, like I was. I was consuming so much information. Um, I was willing to try anything. 
And I did have a dirt, uh, uh, like a, I guess like a daily agenda or whatever that you were supposed to write down three things you're grateful for. I have to be honest with you. I, and I'm, I am a person who in my, throughout my life has been full of gratitude. I'm positive. Like I've always had good days. Like it's just, I'm a happy person. Um, I was not a happy person back then. And I was, I was having a lot of trouble finding gratitude. I had a lot, I had lost my father. Um, I had, uh, and it was pretty sudden. Um, there were other things that happened during that time, uh, over a sustained period of time. And yes, I was grateful for my family, but I couldn't write that every day. <laughs> like I was like, I think I was supposed to be grateful for more things than my mom and like my husband. Um, so like, what else am I grateful for? I, that did not work for my mind, where my mindset was when it was that, when it was that challenging, when I had that much negative self-talk and I, I really, what it came down to. And the reason why, what you just said about a victory journal, I just, I didn't feel like I was doing a good enough job. Like I just always felt like I was letting somebody down because I call the, the role of a principal, the impossible job. It's like not possible to do every aspect well all the time. Um, and I think where a lot of my negative feelings are stemming from was I just didn't feel like I was being effective enough, um, whether it was because uh, somebody, one of my staff members wasn't doing well or it just, a kid wasn't doing well. Usually it had to do with that or I wasn't meeting a deliverable. There was so much feedback I was getting. Like, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. That to be grateful I was like, what am I grateful for in, in the thing that's causing me all the pain? And I would say that for teachers right now, you know, my mission is to keep teachers and leaders in their role because they feel supported, valued, needed, challenged, and effective. Because when we don't feel effective, and we're perfectionists, like if you're a teacher, like you probably are probably a perfectionist um, and you take great care and pride in the work that you do. Um, and so when you feel like when the, when the conditions are set up for you not to feel successful or effective, you feel bad, real bad. And it comes and, and that's how it comes out. That victory journal to write down a success. Cause there are, cause we have them every day. It's just that the negative feelings make us feel like nothing went well because the negative feeling consumes almost everything else. And to take a, take a couple minutes to write down the victory for the day or a couple victories. If you go back and read that, you'll realize you had them every day. That is so profound. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah. That's profound. That's, that would have worked for me or been a lot more. I would have been able to do that. I, cause I could find a victory but I, I couldn't find the gratitude. So I didn't, I just got frustrated with it. But had I written down the things that went well every day and looked back, like you said, like 90 days later, you look back, you realize, damn, I'm awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm great at what I do. Why would I leave this? I'm good. Look at, I like, you know, uh, uh, 39 days ago, so-and-so was failing my class. And today, I, two days ago, I wrote, they have a B. I'm great. <laughs> I did that. I helped. Mm -hmm. I, I contributed to that, you know. Wow. What a way to end the episode.
The H in Mitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Habits. That's right. Victory. Yeah, I like that. Um, Dom, I feel like we could probably talk about a lot more things, and uh, we probably will at some point. So I'm going to end the episode here with actually a bunch of gratitude for you for coming on to the to the episode and uh, or to the podcast and contributing in ways that are they seem simple but they're really profound because you make us think about things that like the golden rule but apply it in so many ways or our habits and what we're good at and apply that in ways that I don't know that anybody's really ever thought about so my deepest gratitude to you for taking the time to be with us today Oh, well, thank you for the invite, and glad you got something out of it, indeed. That's the goal, so I get to put that in my wind journal for the day, you baby. You certainly my WG, do. My wind journal. Put that in your victory <laughs> journal. <laughs> thank you so much. That is exactly what we needed. Don Brightman, with his puns, his victory journal, the golden rule. I love his leadership recommendations, but... Even as important, I love the fact that he made me laugh the entire episode. The joy that he exudes is infectious. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to contact Dom, you can follow him on Twitter. Go to the episode notes and I will have everything posted there. Take care.